welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 221. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined once again by my frequent co-host, Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi. Happy Easter, everybody. It's a week after Easter now, but we're recording on Easter. Uh, The Easter bunny has left a generous amount of bunny poops out in the yard. Along with some eggs and stuff, and I hope. What did I get about the Easter Bunny? If he's a bunny, if he's a bunny, how does he lay eggs? That is an excellent question, Henry. How does the Easter Bunny lay those eggs? I'm not sure we want to know, Henry. I assume all of you are it's in. Like a... that Teen Titans episode. Yes, if any of you are fans of Teen Titans, we watch a lot of Teen Titans at our house. They explain where the eggs come from, and yeah, I don't know if people really want to know. Um, I assume all of you are in a sugar coma from your Easter Bunny, chocolate Easter Bunny ingestion this week. So I'm happy for you. All right. Anything new this week, Henry? Anything going on? Atari is, I guess, taking a break from building that new game console thing they're supposed to be doing because they are now developing a cryptocurrency. Do you know what cryptocurrency is, Henry? It's like, supposedly it's like money, but it only exists on the internet, and theoretically, you can use it to buy stuff. So like those tokens on the app store thingy. I guess, except it's more like money that you can use in different places. I don't entirely know how it works, but Atari wants to build a casino that just uses cryptocurrency. So, like computer versions of poker chips. I guess? I'm trying to find the article here. So, according to Atari's website, the casino space presents a massive opportunity to leverage the portfolio of Atari properties through a range of social and real money casino opportunities. We operate either directly or through licensing partnership opportunities. Our business lines are as follows. Casino and lottery games and virtual virtual currency. Casino and lottery games are real money. Casino and lottery games and cryptocurrency partnerships. There's an article on Cryptopolitan.com. Atari's interest in the blockchain. Atari's interest in the blockchain became clear earlier early this month, after becoming the largest participant in Land (LAND), whatever that is, third pre-sale in preparation for soon-to-launch Sandbox Virtual World Project. I don't know what any of that means. What? I don't know what any of that means, Henry. But basically, they're trying to make casinos that only use this. I was going to say fake money, but virtual poker poker and just lot machines and stuff. I don't know. The the whole cryptocurrency thing just sounds like a big scam to me. Not that, you know, cryptocurrency developers are trying to cheat people. Just it sounds too easy for at some point all this money you invest because you have to use real money to buy this fake computer money. So why don't you just use real money? That is an Excellent question, Henry. And it's easy to get hacked because it's on the internet. Right. So, but people seem to think that... But, it, but, but cryptocurrency is, is also basically what PayPal uses. Well, kind of, except what PayPal does... It's actually not really. What PayPal does, Henry, is it takes money out of your actual bank account. But it can be hacked on... But, but somebody could have hacked them when you... That you're sending to someone out of your bank account while it's transferring. Yeah, I guess that's possible. So, suffice to say, 
Henry and I are skeptics of this project. If any of you knows more about cryptocurrency than me... And if any of you knows more... What? It's, it's, you said if any of you knows more. It's, yeah. If, it's if any of you know more, not knows. All right, I'm doing grammar lessons from my 10-year-old. If you can explain it in simple words in under, you know, five sentences or less... Or if you know anything about this Atari project and can shed some light on that, let me know. All right, well, before we get to this week's game, uh, Henry's not just here because of Fathom. Uh, spoiler, that's the game we're playing this week. He is here with an announcement. Would you like to explain what's going on, Henry? I made a business. A little louder. I made a business. What's your business? A business. I'll fill in the... Uh, the gaps in that announcement. So, uh, some of you may know, uh, Henry is an artist. Uh, he frequently, like he is today, works on drawings while he's on the podcast. Right now, he's drawing and coloring a, a picture. There's a, a big-time alcohol smell Wait. off those markers, Henry. I know, because they're alcohol markers. Yeah, I know. So, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Henry has decided to make <laughs> copies of some of his drawings available to you guys. And coloring my the drawing right now with my new markers. Yeah, so he oh, has hoo, hoo. he has a number of different drawings. How would you describe the kind of drawing you do, Henry? Actually, my friend Andrew from school, we both like drawing and animating. One night he drew this drawing at his house, and then he came back to he he te- he texted me the picture, and then he came to school with the notebook with the picture in it. And then he basically taught me this style, and then I kind, and then I use, and then I put in a little bit of my, of my style. So it's like 60%, like 55% his style, and like 45% my style. But we, so we both basically have the same style. Okay. But all my but, characters have sweatshirts, because that's basically all I know how to do. Okay, so you draw people. Yeah, they're like cartoony people. Okay. So, here's the deal, guys. If you go to the Atari Bytes Instagram page, you will see a series of photos, But not posts. yet. Not yet. Well, by the time they're hearing this, Yeah, by the there. time you're hearing this. Yeah. As we're recording, they aren't up there yet. But by the time you're hearing this, they are up there. Uh, a series of, I don't know how many posts it'll be, but a series of posts. Each photo will be numbered you know, with a, a name, with a title. If you want one... Email Atari Bytes at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. And we're trying to get to our first goal. I'm trying to get to my first goal. Yeah, so Henry has a goal. What's your goal, Henry? Well, I have three goals. The third goal is $281.75. The second goal is $143.98. But the first goal is $23.99. All right, so what are you going to do if, if you get when it? I, when I get $23.99, probably more, because... Because the prices that I'm selling the drawings for don't, you can either, it, they either um, add up to some, the price that I'm selling the drawings for either add up to, either add up to something less than twenty three nine nine or more. The it's a drawing, the twenty three nine nine thing is a drawing tablet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your first goal is you want to make enough money to buy a drawing tablet. Yeah, and I'm okay. going. Then I'm gonna. If I get some enough extra money from drawing the ta- from after the drawing tablet, I'm gonna get a stylus for it because I know I'm using a um, homemade stylus and doesn't look really good. 
Okay. Right. So mm. basically, mm. he wants to put the money that he's going to make back into mm. supplies for his drawing projects. Mm. So mm. here's the thing. And it would be easier to animate on the drawing. Hopefully, the drawing tablet I, that I was looking at can be used for animation too. Okay. But it's going to be easier because my phone and my tablet don't have really big screens. Speaking of my my animate on my phone, I need to get back to the movie that I was making. Yeah. I, I, in addition to all of this, he's also working on an animated movie. So yeah. he's he's it's spending. It's going to be about forty-five minutes long. He's using this time away from school to uh, develop his creative I side. I started so. it and then I stopped for some reason. Okay. So I think I forgot about one day and then I just stopped doing. It. Go to the Atari Bytes Instagram. Look at the pictures. If there's one you like, email me. Tell me the number and the name of the one that you want. A drawing, uh, one drawing is a dollar, dollar fifty for shipping. If you want one, like I said, send uh, send me a note at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Tell me which one it is. We're going to have you pay through PayPal. And once we have the, the payment, then we can ship the uh, a copy of the drawing to you. So that's the deal. If you want to help Henry out, if you like uh, these drawings, that's the way you can do it. If you have questions, uh, again, just email me at the website or at the uh, email address, and uh, and I can answer those for you. All right. Anything else about that, Henry? Uh, no. Oh, there are people working for me, but I'm not paying them. <laughs> yeah, I'm but not I'm getting... I'm only paying the mascot. I'm not getting paid to, to help him with this, guys. I'm only paying the mascot. So the boss is me, obviously, because I started it. Wait, would the boss be me if I started the business, or would that be, or would that be the owner? Well, that's you, Henry. So, so the boss, I would be the boss or the, or the owner. Well, you're both. I get really, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the boss and the owner, and my sister Sophie is the manager, and you're the ad person, and the mascot is my dog Bug. All right. But I'm only paying Bug. So that's the deal. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will like what you see. All right. With that, let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is Fathom. Is it Fathom a word that means something? Well, yes. Fathom. We're playing Fathom from iMagic 1983. The word Fathom, uh, it's a unit of measurement under C. I thought it was a feeling or emotion. It also can mean understanding something or not understanding. Like if you say, I can't fathom that someone would do that. You don't understand the, uh, yeah. why they would do I that. Me- I so, remember that. Yeah. So that's the game that we're playing. I chose this game because a few weeks ago I played AquaVenture. On the podcast, and the little bit of research I did, people kept saying in their reviews that it reminded them of Fathom, and I'd never played this game before. But so why I thought, is the game called Fathom? Well, because it's an undersea <coughs> game, right? And, so, and but what is Fathom has to do with undersea? Fathom is a unit. Of, here, I'll tell you. Fathom is a unit of measurement undersea. I'm probably not saying that as artfully as I could. I will look here. Ha, I get it artfully as I could. <laughs> yes, I'm hilarious. No, it's a, it's a bad dad joke. Well, that's kind of my job, Henry. Google says Fathom is a unit of length equal to 6 feet, or 1.8 meters, chiefly used in reference to the depth of water. <clears throat> it also means to understand a difficult problem or an enigmatic person after much thought, or... A, it means to, as a verb, to measure the depth, uh, like uh, in the sentence, <clears throat> an attempt to fathom the ocean. So, yeah. I've heard somebody say that an attempt to fathom the ocean is something like that. Yeah. 
but I don't know why. So Fathom was designed by Rob Fulop, graphics assisted by Michael Becker and Wilfred Aguilar. Titans have imprisoned Neptu- Neptina, Neptune's daughter. They've Titans? Sh- the Teen Titans? I don't think it's the Teen Titans, buddy. Well, what Titans? I don't know. They've shattered his magical trident and scattered its pieces far and wide. Without his trident... do a good job of shattering it. It's in three pieces. <laughs> That's breaking it in the third. Yes. shattering. Although, to be fair, it was hard enough to get the three pieces. Can you because imagine if it was the, a lot more? the controls are terrible. Yeah, we'll get there. Proteus, a member of Neptune's mm. court, longs to free the lovely mermaid. He sets out to find the missing pieces of the trident. He roams land and sea, changing from a dolphin to a seagull and back again. It's, in like, order- Ma- it's like Maui from Moana. Sure. Shape shifter. Then we go in. In order to deceive the mermaid's captors, deadly trials confront Proteus, octopus, which should be octopi, says octopuses, Tangled beds of kelp, screaming flocks of blackbirds, even erupting volcanoes. But he fights on valiantly. There's a whole lot of exclamation points in this description. So, here's what you're supposed to do. you got to locate the three missing pieces of Neptune's trident and free Neptune's daughter seven times from her seven. prison at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, every time you free her, then she ends up back in prison, and you got to free her again. If I freed someone, and then if I freed someone from being captured... And they ended up back. I'm walking away. <laughs> You're like, I freed you once already, lady. You're on your own. Exactly. <laughs> I would give her a crowbar and walk away. <laughs> so, you switch forms from dolphin to seagull to search the sea and the sky for the three pieces of the trident. Learn to make magical stars appear in the sky and starfish appear in the sea. They are your key to finding the trident pieces. Once you have the trident... Swing to the bottom of the swing. Swim to the bottom of the sea and free the mermaid. Hurry! Time is ticking down. You begin every game as a dolphin. Just swim. Here's where it gets. Here's where the game loses points for, certainly for Henry and also for me. So to swim, you press and hold the red button. You release the button to stop swimming. Use the joystick to control the direction of the dolphin. The joystick and the controls are terrible. Yeah, we neither of us were fans of the uh, controls for this one. As you swim, avoid octopi and springs of seaweed. You lose valuable points if you touch them. That is an interesting aspect mm. of the game, right? You, you don't lose points even if you're not touching anything. Yeah, so you don't. Why? You don't gain points in the game. You start with a certain number of points, it's like 58 or something, and then you lose points as you bump it's into 50. octopi. Is it 50? Okay. Even if you're not bumping into anything, you still lose points. I think that's because of how long you're taking. I suspect a timer kind no, of thing. You can be the fastest person in the world to play that game and still lose points. So you learn to make magical stars appear in the sky and the starfish appear in the sea. Why they are your key to finding the trident you pieces. You don't learn anything. You just you, but you um, when you what what do you how do you supposed to? I know what it, what I'm gonna say, but I don't know how to say it. Oh, by the way, I'm not sure what you're trying to say, buddy, but like, it did. Like, you get stuff, and then, like, you you get stuff, and then you get stars. Well, as you're touching these, the, um, what are they? What are you touching? The seahorses. The seahorses. Hey, the I blanked stars. out for a minute there. As you're touching the seahorses, I guess if you touch enough of those, then the stars appear. You you touch two of them, and then you get a star. Yeah, so I guess that's what it means by learning. You learn that, oh, if I touch these seahorses, then the stars will appear. But when most people read instructions, 
By the way, it occurs to me as I'm, we're recording here, you're probably hearing a, a weird little scratching sound in the background. That's Henry drawing as we're, as we're recording. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the sound, we'll find out, I guess, when we listen to the recording. I'm hoping it's not too annoying. It's probably, you can probably barely hear it over your talking. It, the microphone's probably picking it up, so I hope it's not too but bad. You, but that's how you know that I'm actually working. That's yeah. true. You know that he is working for you, people. Yeah. Is the drawing that you're doing right now going to be available? Yeah. Just uh, copy that, available yeah. to sell? Okay. Yeah. Once you have the trident, swim to the bottom of the sea and free the mermaid. Hurry time is ticking down. Mm. All right. Mm. So, and as I said, the controls are kind of frustrating. You use the button, hold the button down to swim. You move left and right with the joystick to move left and right. Although, like Henry said, it's very frustrating. It's kind of, the controls are not the cleanest that they could be. It looks like the controls look like they were the... A starfish may appear if you manage to touch all the seahorses in one section before leaving that section. You can acquire a piece or pieces of the trident by touching starfish. The trident parts will appear at the bottom of the screen. Touch the right number of seahorses and a bird symbol appears at the bottom of the screen. And with it, you can turn into a when seagull you when you the, surface. When you go to the second one, all you do is touch one and it... Well, it's just however many seahorses are there on that particular screen. When the dolphin leaps out of the water, after, you know, after that bird symbol appears, then you go back up to the surface, you leap out of the water, and you become the seagull. You use the red button to fly uh, once for each flap of the wings. The more often you press, the higher and faster you fly. To glide, stop pressing the button and use the joystick to direct glide, the seagull. When, when regular birds glide, they, ju- they stay in a straight line and glide. In this game, when the bird when the bird glides, it go it goes at almost a it almost goes straight down. Yeah. Fly off the screen to the right or left, as well as up into the clouds. Each time you free Neptuna, you can fly farther and higher than before. Touch the pink clouds. You earn points for every pink cloud you touch. A star may appear if you manage to touch all the clouds in one section of the sky before leaving that section. Stars are your key to finding pieces of the trident. You have a limited number of chances to touch pink clouds before they turn gray. Gray clouds can also lead to lucky stars, but touching gray clouds <clears throat> cost you points. Touch the right number of clouds and a fish symbol appears at the bottom of the screen. With it, you can change back into a dolphin. Avoid running into blackbirds. Collisions subtract points from your score. After changing into a seagull, while the dolphin appears at the bottom of the screen, you can only fly to the left or right. Once the dolphin is out of view, you can fly higher. When a volcano appears on screen, you can only fly to the left or right, not up. Once the volcano is out of view, you can fly higher. Eerie volcanoes cover the landscape. You cannot pass the first volcano until you succeed in freeing Neptuna for the first time. After that, you can reach more distant volcanoes each time you free the mermaid. Each time you free the mermaid, the gods extend the territory you can cover by adding one section each of sky, land, and sea in every direction. With more territory, each level becomes more difficult. Finding a lucky star in higher levels will take a lot of skill and daring. Good luck. The level number appears at the bottom left of the screen. All games begin to level 1. If you free Neptuna, you automatically advance to the next level, 2, 3, etc. And your score for the new level returns to 50. When you free Neptuna, the points you earn on the level are added to the point bank with the total number of points earned on all previous levels. The points you earn are multiplied by the level number you are on. For example, earn 50 points on level 2 and 100 points are stored in the point bank. Because, Henry, 50 times 2 is 100. For a high score, run into all the seahorses and pink clouds you can, which seems pretty obvious. They're worth points. Avoid the obstacles, which also is obvious. They cost you points. 
time freezes when the dolphin and the seagull appear on screen together. Otherwise, you lose points as the seconds tick away. The game ends when your points reach zero. The dolphin or seagull disappears, and to resume play, you have to hit reset. You run out of chances to get starfish, which also makes the game end. And that happens when the seahorses stop appearing before the dolphin succeeds in getting a fish symbol to appear. Before the dolphin succeeds to get a fish symbol? I mean a bird symbol? So if you run out of seahorses and you haven't gotten a fish symbol yet... But you're the dolphin. When do you get a bird symbol? symbol? Yeah, I think that might be a typo. When the game ends, you see your final score. The number of levels you achieved is indicated by the number of hearts that, hearts that appear. Free the mermaid seven, t- seven times and wait, watch, watch for a special surprise. We didn't get that far. And then they have some tips for surviving level one. As the dolphin swims down, octopi and two seahorses appear. Touch both the seahorses, then touch the starfish. Oh, that seems pretty obvious. A piece of the trident now shows at the bottom. Next, dive through the line of seaweed, and more seahorses appear. Touch one, and a bird symbol appears. Then return to the surface and try to reach the other seahorses for additional points. Jump out of the water when you reach the surface. Fly to the left or right, and land appears. Flap your wings hard and fly up. Touch two pink clouds in that section of the sky, and a star appears. Touch that, and you have another piece of the trident. Return to the dolphin. Fly until you reach land on the other side. Repeat the game of tag with pink clouds. Touch one pink cloud and acquire a fish symbol. Touch the other and a star appears. Touch the star and the third piece of the trident is yours. Go back to the dolphin, change forms, and dive to the bottom, and the mermaid's prison dissolves. That's how they say to do level one. And we were able to do that pretty much, although we didn't get back to the cage to free Neptina. And that is how you play Fathom. The video game critic gave this game an A grade, Starting out the review, this game is awesome. Not only is Fathom good looking and fun, but surprisingly sophisticated as well. Your objective is to rescue Neptune's daughter, and we know all that. Fathom's high resolution graphics are sharp and rendered in brilliant color. A joust like control scheme is used to control the bird, where the button causes your wings to flap. There are serious flaws with Fathom, and it's one of the best looking. Sorry, there are no serious flaws with Fathom, and it's one of the best looking Atari 2600 games around. Where Drain Wonderland, on the other hand, starts out its review saying, Fathom is a strange game. Even after a couple of plays and multiple readings of the instruction manual, I still wasn't entirely sure what I was supposed to be doing. Once you figure it out, though, it's a rewarding experience that offers system atypical gameplay depth. The whole concept of collecting three parts of a MacGuffin to achieve a goal reminded me of E.T. Like the Teen Titans Ninja episode, they're they're trying to capture the MacGuffin. Yep. But it's all just a breakfast sandwich. Fathom is tons more sophisticated. It can also be extremely frustrating at first, so I recommend patience when starting out, as well as a thorough reading of the instructions. Do so and you'll be rewarded with a game that will provide hours of entertainment. Oh yeah, and the graphics are quite something too. Loads of color, realistic animation, and lots of variability between screens. Realistic animation? Well, remember, this was 1983. So... It's still not realistic animation. B plus from uh, Woodbrain Wonderland. IGN posted an article called Fathom Cheats in 2017. I will not read those if you don't want to be spoiled, as it were, but just know that uh, there's a list of cheats out there. Finish. Ah, as we've been talking, Henry finished his picture. That's a good one, Henry. Lots of color. I like it. Yeah. What are you going to call this one? Do you know? Um, Here, let's hold it up so people can see it. People can, can see everybody it. see it in the back? It's a podcast. 
also, that doesn't that doesn't relieve people of their obligations, Henry. They got to pay attention. Two, you're not even holding it up. They got to pay. No, don't tell them that. I'm actually holding it up. No, you're not. Darn it. Henry's too honest. I raised an honest kid. Man. Spoiler, if you want to know what the special surprise at the end of the game is, Atari Mania tells you. If you complete everything and get to the end of the game, at the end of level 7, 31001 space 95031 LGCA appears, which is actually iMagic's old address. That's it. That's the special surprise. iMagic held a contest in which you could win $1,000. No, $10,000. If you can that? win you can't the read. game? $1,000. By correctly answering how many tridents are hidden in the Fathom, add one and on the back of a Fathom box and having your entry card drawn. Not in the game, but on the in the advertising. Do you have the box? No, I don't have are the box. Are you serious? I want to download they, It's on the website here. It's right here. But this this was, you know, 37 how years ago. How many tridents are on? How many tridents? Henry's going to try and figure it out. In the words or the pictures? I think they probably mean in the pictures. Well, Henry's trying to figure out how to win a non-existent thousand dollars. Do you know what podcast I'm listening to? Hold on. While you're doing this podcast, you're listening to another podcast. Yeah. Man. Do you know what? Sure, it's we'll give a free shout out to somebody else's podcast. What is it? My toy bites. Wow. These pictures that's, are blurry. Nobody can see this. That's a mind scramble. You're listening. Can you see these pictures? Nobody can see the pictures. They're blurry. Sorry, dude. They purposely guess, did that so they didn't have to waste $1,000 on nothing. <laughs> you understand the contest has been over for 37 years. What? I'm thinking more about the mind scramble right now of the fact that you're listening to Atari Bytes <laughs> as you're recording Atari Bytes. Which one are you one. listening to? The one the from uh, Carnival. 220 Carnival? Yeah. You were on that one. Yeah. I'm listening to myself talk. Does it feel weird to listen to yourself talk? No. Yeah. It, some people don't. Some people don't it like. It sounds to weird. It doesn't sound anything like. Yeah. Some people don't like to listen to themselves. You're okay with it, other than yeah. it sounds your voice sounds different. It sounds really different. Yeah. It sounds like I'm five instead of ten. <laughs> yeah. I always think I sound a lot younger, in recordings too. No, you sound the same. Do I sound the same? All right. At most, you sound like one year younger. I sound like five. I sound a year younger, huh? I'll yeah. take it. So that means you sound like a 48-year-old man. Oh, man. They all think I'm 25. Thanks a lot, Henry. No, they don't. You don't sound like a 25-year-old. <laughs> you sound like a 40-something-year-old man. Thank you, Henry. <clears throat> on that note, after the break... Con- hold on. Yes. Comment what you think we sound... Sa- how old <laughs> do you think we sound like? There you go. Reach out to us and tell us what you think, what age you think we sound like on the podcast. That I could be interesting. I sound young. I'm ha- I, my mind, I sound five, but it, it sa- I have to sound younger than eight. Maybe someone thinks you sound like 30, Henry. A 30-year-old doesn't sound like what I'm sounding like. Well, I don't think so either, but maybe somebody else there, uh, somebody out there thinks you sound 30. What? Maybe. I don't know. How did that even make sense? I don't know. I host a podcast. I don't have to make sense. I just talk. You never make sense. I just say stuff. You read papers. I have notes, yes. And my notes right now, Henry, say, after the break, I can't fathom why you wouldn't keep listening to this episode. That's a terrible dad joke. (laughs) 
Somebody started playing. He is so excited. Henry, even though this game sucks, according to Henry, he already started playing. I think this is a very interesting looking game. Um, it's bad. It, it doesn't let you move. The controls, it moves for you. The controls are kind of frustrating. Um, I think the game looks interesting. Uh, I like, if you get hit by a bird, it pushes you down. Yeah. And it won't let you move till you go all the way down. I like the aspect of starting out with points that you lose as the game goes on, if you don't uh, act correctly. I think the, the level of difficulty as far as it's the... It's a like, thousand, because it doesn't let you move. You know, controls aside, I think the, the tasks that you're given I think are interesting. Oh, you're just about there, dude. I lost track. Do you have all? Thing? Do you have all three pieces? No, because it won't give me the other thing. Yeah, I think you gotta go back into the water. He has, I think, two pieces of the trident, as we've been talking. Nice. Oh wait, where did it go? Oh, star time. What? Yeah, he, he ha Henry had it, but then uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't actually touch the star. What? Okay, buddy. Sucks. You want to try it again? No. <laughs> Henry does not want to try it the again. The game moves for you 90% of the time. Alright, we'll talk about it in our review. In the meantime, back to you in the studio. Gotta go clean up the Easter Bunny poop. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Fathom. Henry, do we like Fathom? Mm, no, a teeny bit. A teeny bit, okay, mm. that's fair. What's the teeny bit that you like? Well, the, the 0.5% that I like. Okay, so what's it, in that 0.5%? It gives me a challenge, but it doesn't make sense because the controls are 99.8% broken. I also found the controls frustrating. I think maybe if we spent more time playing, we'd get used to it, but it is still super frustrating. On the other hand, the colors are great. It really does look good for a 1983 game. 
and it's. I and if I was ten in nineteen, if I, I'm the here's the hat part of the carnival. What? I'm listening. You remember the hat part that we oh, had to do the carnival? If you haven't listened to two twenty yet, uh, there's a whole running discussion we're, of hats. We'll be me and so me and my sister Sophie were both on. We were both on that, and we were arguing what a fedora is and and what a jazzed up cowboy hat is. And I proved her, and I proved her that that one of your hats doesn't look like a jazzed up cowboy hat. So it looks like a regular brown beige. It's literally brown and beige. Those are the only two colors. So if that doesn't make you guys want to listen to two, to two twenty, I don't Whoa, know what Sophie will. Sophie sounds like a mom in this. <laughs> so. I like Fathom. I like the color. I like the look of it. I like the complexity. The controls are frustrating. I have to sign it. I always sign my but, drawings. But, uh, yeah, the controls are super frustrating. I think that we would get more used to that if we played more. So, yeah, I give this... I don't grade the games in the episode, but I, I would give this one a high grade uh, if I was going to do that. Some people look at my signature just see a bunch of scribbles. Tell me that doesn't look like a bunch of scribbles. Well, it does kind of, but I can still read it. Henry Pepper. Well, cause you, cause you know my name. Yeah. If so, if I walked up a stranger and see, and say, "What does this look like?" and showed him my signature, they would think it's a bunch of scribbles. And this I have super song, and this I have <coughs> super bionic hero stuff in the eyes and the brain <coughs> that can tell what this says. And then, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say, because I got confused about that. That's okay. We're just doing a podcast. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. I know no house story. Henry does not have a story this week, so I will fill in because I do have a story this I week. Didn't, I couldn't think of one because I was drawing. That's all right. I, I came prepared. Blending. That's some pretty good blending. Henry's admiring his own artwork. It is. Look at that. It is. It's nice blending, That's dude. It's good. It's sweet. Nice. Sweet. Stop. I meant sweet like sweet. Stop. Yeah. Oh, I got brown on Do this kids thing. still say sweet? No. No? Is that an old person thing already? Not, not regular kids. <laughs> then which kids say it? Kids that are cool and popular. <laughs> well, that's me. I'm popular because of my long hair and short body. All right. Well, you know. And po- to other people, it's probably not a good thing to be popular, but I like it. All right. Well, <clears throat> you're true to yourself. And that's good. Okay. This <clears throat> week's story is titled "The Underseen." King Neptune sulked upon his mighty throne of coral, and shells of all manner and exotic creatures from the unseen depths of the ocean floor. He tried to go full on sulk, but the water's natural buoyance kept sweeping him forward, ruining the effect he was going for. The doors to the throne room parted. Neptune saw his subjects, the sea life beyond, drifting by. The squid, the blowfish, the weird deep water sharks with the extraneous heads no one on land ever actually sees. Daily life washed over them as peacefully as the water passing over fish gills. Neptune wished he felt as peaceful. His wife, the Queen Celestia, floated into the throne room as the doors closed behind her. She sparkled like the glow of bioluminescent algae. 
My darling, she said, with the faintest ripple of the, of the water. Mm. My queen, Neptune said, flat like a hammerhead's, well, head. The god of the sea should be a bit more cheerful, my dear, Silesia said. A king cannot be expected to be cheerful all the time, Neptune said defensively. What about old King Cole? Silesia pointed out. He's got those fiddlers three, Neptune pointed out. Who wouldn't be cheerful? Mm. Silesia got a faraway look in her ocean blue eyes. He has that really big pipe, too. What was that? Neptune said. Never mind, Silesia said. So what troubles you? Neptune sighed. A miniature tsunami roiled the room. Finally, he said, most of this world is water. By rights, our kind, the sea life, should rule all. But the humans, they ignore us. They overheat our waters with their machinery and causing the sun to burn down hotter upon us. They devour our crabs and lobsters, hunt our whales and frighten our brothers and sisters with their submarines. Yes, Silesia agreed, for it was true. And despite all of that, Neptune said, the land dwellers really don't know us. They know the gods of war, of the underworld, of the lands above, but they don't know me. They don't remember my power. They don't... They don't... Neptune searched for a word, or had it, but didn't want to use it. <clears throat> Silesia, though, was fine with it. They don't <clears throat> fear you, she said for him. Neptune nodded. All the great kings, they all have a thing, <clears throat> a thing the humans remember about them. Midas turned everything he touches to gold. <clears throat> King Henry killed all his wives, Silesia said. That's a thing people remember, I guess. Her eyes went dark. <clears throat> don't even think about it. <clears throat> of course not, my love. Aragorn ruled Middle-earth, Silesia said. See, Neptune suddenly animated said, more people remember the Middle-earth of old than remember the seas of our domain. Maybe that's a bad example. Do you like turkey legs, Silesia said. In paintings, kings are often holding turkey legs. Neptune shook his head. I seek a symbol of power, not gluttony. Silesia, a placid river as she glided smoothly across the throne room, considered this for a while. Finally, she said, a sword. You need a mighty sword with which you can slay your enemies. Neptune twirled his beard a bit. I don't know. That's kind of medieval-y. A cannon, Silesia said. No, a tank. The humans will surely take note of you gliding forth in a tank. Perhaps, Neptune said, but he didn't sound convinced. Days passed. Silesia went about her business daydreaming about King Cole's pipe and being the goddess of salt water. Many heated arguments were had with her team as to whether humans could be allowed to drink it or not. Screw them, Slacia said. Let them drink fermented grain. Little did she know what that comment would unleash upon the world. One morning, eyes on fire in a way never before seen since the oceans parted, Neptune burst in into Slacia's study in the midst of her daily ablutions. With a wild laugh, he whipped out his trident. Behold, he bellowed. Magnificent, Slacia said, dropping her sponge. Magnificent it was. The three-pronged spear was forged from the iron of the gods. The trident was encrusted with the finest jewels of every color, and light danced off of them in a dazzling display. Neptune held the trident high above his head. The crown, the beard, the wise decision to stop wearing crocs, and now the trident. This was the look of a mighty king, nay, a mighty god of the world's waters. The humans would have to pay attention to the seas now. A few days later, as Neptune sat upon his throne, clutching his trident, Silesia slid into the room, looking unusually taciturn. What troubles you, my love? Neptune bellowed with vigor and confidence. His trident waggled most godly. 
Has the word spread that mighty Neptune has raised his trident in anger at the dismissiveness of the fearsome oceans? I, well, I don't know how to tell you this, Salacia said. You can tell me anything, my dear, Neptune said, though perhaps you should not have told me that thing about Jupiter and Saturn on the mountaintop. I'm still a little nauseous. Neptune straightened his crown, sat tall upon his throne, and gazed adoringly upon his trident. If they show the proper respect, I shall try always to be merciful with the humans. Well, Toonie, as Salacia often called King Neptune affectionately, the thing is, the humans have a brand of gum called trident, so that's what they think of when they hear the word trident, not you and your mighty weapon. The king blinked a few times. The trident clattered to the floor, echoing across the cavernous throne room. Oh, god damn it. Salacia's eyes narrowed. As you wish. And that's when seafood allergies were invented. And that's our show. Thanks to Henry for hanging out with me again. Thanks, Henry. And don't forget to go to the Instagram and check out Henry's art. And if you are so inspired, let me know if you want to purchase a copy. And we will make that happen. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Please remember to part the podcast waters and leave a salty review of Atari Bytes on the Apple Podcasts page. A big, wet, octopus French kiss of a five-star review. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram, which I've already told you several times in the episode. And you can call, too. You can leave a voicemail. Neither I or Henry are going to answer the phone. But you can leave a message at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want. And there's a good chance that I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information about the show, links to episodes, social media, all sorts of stuff. You can also find out info about my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, uh, over there too, which is a show you should check out if you have ever been a fan of Snoopy and all the rest, or if you know someone who is, and I am sure that you do know someone who is. You can also find out information about books that I've written, including Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, uh, and just some of the places that you can order that book. Uh, All of that information is over there on the website. Please consider supporting the show financially. Help keep the lights on here in the podcast studio. In my business financially. Yes. Uh, You can support the show by going to the Atari Bytes page on Patreon and becoming a subscriber. Subscribers can get access to episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait until Sunday to hear the episode. You can also possibly get bonus content. We do other stuff related to the show that we don't talk about on the show. um, Does the um, board game make it on the um, show. Well, that's one of the things that you can hear on the Patreon if you're a subscriber. You can hear us playing... Uh, we, we've done a couple episodes, I think, where we played Did you get games. the last one to upload? Yes. So you, you, you can notice... If you see it, you notice that not that good quality. Now we've got an actual camera, so it would be the best quality that we can get. Oh, we, but we a while back we uploaded some video of us playing uh, uh, playing Pac-Man, the board game. And it was Pac-Man, right? Um, it was not Centipede. 
yeah. A anyway, it was a, a board game, and we tried to upload some video. The video wasn't great, but it's there. We may do that again in the future. <clears throat> we also have an ongoing series where we talked about uh, a cartoon series Back called... Pac-Man and the Funny Adventures. Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Yeah, Pac-Man and the Ghostly But you're not going to hear any of that on... If you're not a Patreon. Exactly. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, you're not going to hear any of that. So if you're curious, go subscribe, and all of that can be yours. Like, for example, Michael Tyler, Jose Caseta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. They have subscribed, and they are supporting the show. Thank you to those guys. Uh, but they're lonely over there. They need some new blood. Yeah, so they, they need new friends. They need new friends. So go subscribe, and you can join them. You better subscribe. There are still Go Play Some Old Games. They've missed you shirts and mugs over there at uh, Zazzle.com, AP underscore pod underscore store. Someday, that store is going to get overhauled. So if you have suggestions of things you would like to see, let me know. Sunday, that store is going to be what? Going to redo the store. Oh. You get new stuff? Yeah. So, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Someday. Before we uh, wrap up here, is there anything else you want to say? No. All right. We've covered everything. All that's left is to tell you what's next time on the show. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're going back to the Atari flashback. We're going to play a game called Atari Climber. Um, I'm guessing there's a person climbing somewhere. That's just a hunch. I have, I have a question. Yes. If, if you if you say what the game you're going to play ne on the next podcast and the podcast before that one, why do you make it a surprise the, for the podcast after that one? It's just, well, someone might listen to the episodes out of order, you know. Like, for example, you're talking about Carnival. People may be listening to the episode we're recording right now but haven't yet listened to the Carnival episode. And also I do it just uh, as sort of a pretend thing. People just kind of play along with it. That's all I got to say. You got anything else? No. All right, then. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.